This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. Hey, you, Deanne. They just, they love her. They love her! <laughs> I'm doing great, Mark. Just fabulous. Very good. And we're excited to be here every Saturday afternoon and possibly sometimes in the morning if Penn State's on. And here on Talk Radio 1210, it's our 14th year going into 15th. Can't believe it. I told somebody that the other day. They can't believe it's 15 years already. So yeah, you, especially when they realized how old I was, you know, yeah, how young I, I am. I was only 20-something when we started this thing. Yeah. So if you want to ask us a question about residential, commercial, mortgages, give us a call. I always answer my phone. could be 499 because I'm in a real estate school. And my number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. I think I gave that number out about three times this week. Awesome. Thank you. And I want a quick shout out to Mina Schumann. She always called me. She was, we were on at eight o'clock last week because <laughs> Penn State, did Penn State win? I didn't get to say. I don't know. I'm not sure. All right. And you can listen to this show at, uh, at our website, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with asking Dr. A. Yep. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. Our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Part two of what is an escalation clause. Got a lot of response from it last week, so it's great. Very good. I got a settlement just coming up. Very good. So, Mark, we also um, have our guest today, which is Trisha Smith, and she is from Shell Consulting, and she's going to talk about employee retention credits today. It's a hot topic, so I'm looking forward to having That's an interesting topic. That's a topic that doctor will be interested in. Yes, very very much so. We also have our questions. Um, Do I pay a realtor fee for showing me some houses? The next question is, my parents owned, I want to sell. What's the first thing I should do? The next question is, can I force a sale if the seller wants out? Yeah, we had a similar question last week, and I got to I remembered what the answer was. Okay. Um, The next question is, do tastefully placed family pictures help or hinder? Scoring like uh, what they look like. How hot that seller is. (laughs) (laughs) The next question is, I would like to sell just one acre. Can I? Good question. All right. And Mark, today our topic of the day is eight mistakes that real estate investors should avoid. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that quick, but... Quick eight tips. All right. But first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, there are only two tragedies in life. One is not getting what you want. And the other one is getting it. Because <laughs> sometimes, 
times the adventure getting there is more fun than when you actually got there. And some people get there, and that's when things fall apart. Oh, you know? <laughs> so the adventure is always in the journey. Right. Because it's not, it's what the journey is to destin destiny, not, yeah, I screwed that one up. You know what I mean? Life no, is I a have journey. No clue what you mean. Life, is, life is a journey, <laughs> not a destiny. That's right. Changes every day. You never know what you're going to get. Like, Forest was great. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is Frank's bell. So we talked about the investment strategies, the economy. We talk about, for the last 14 years, we've been talking about everything with real estate and the housing market. You know, now you got to be really careful of the hype out there. You're starting to get to read a lot of doom and gloom stuff, you know, that they're on, face, they're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And, and all these experts like telling you what you should do to survive in this real estate market. And you probably, we probably have a bunch of listeners who are waiting and salivating for the market to crash. And there's a bunch of knuckleheads out there on YouTube and all breathlessly promoting some kind of crash. And, right. you know, and what I, I say is you cannot time the market, nobody does it correctly. So don't wait. If you're planning to do something in your life, do it. I mean, timing the market's almost impossible. You know, there's all kinds of experts that try to pick when the bottom is. I watch the I watch the uh, stock market shows all the time, and I really like uh, what's his name in the afternoon, uh, Payne, uh, that's on Fox Business, and they always talk about people that are trying to pick the bottom or pick the top, and they're never right. You know, so it's true whether you're if you're looking to buy a rental or a flip, whatever, buy a house to move into. You know, it's there's interesting scenarios that are come are going to cross your path all the time. Yeah, but the key is sitting not back, to wait. wait. The key is yeah, not waiting to wait. for the perfect time. You know, like we talked about last week about some people uh, almost succeeding, and then they 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 stop at the one yard line where they could have basically fell into the end zone, right. and they stop out of fear or whatever. And I taught a class, class last week, and I told him, man, I said, life is life. you got to take some chances. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen? So tell people, particularly people that are, 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 are thinking about a particular, what's the best time? You know, don't wait for the, like, the market to bottom ready. out. The time is when right. you're and ready. You can, and, and the market is vital. It changes all the time. Prices go up. They go down. And historically, you go back last 100 years of home prices, we've only had one time in the last 100 years that the market fell between 20%, fell down 20%, and stuck there for a while. And that was 2008. We, it has only crashed once in its last 73 years. But home prices don't go up every year, or but recently, and they're still going up, but they do go up year after year after year. So don't believe all the hype. Don't panic. Don't be really too careful. Like that song I wrote, go to SoundCloud, <laughs> got to take a chance to be free. That's what that whole song's about. Take some chances. It's a, don't overthink it, but do make sure the math works. Check it twice. Don't be foolish. But there's always opportunity. So tell us about the rates. Speaking of opportunity, your 30-year conventional is at 6.25%. 15-year is at 5.25%. Your 30-year FHA is 5.875. Uh, 
And your 30-year VA is at 5.875. Oh, my God. They are great rates. <laughs> Aren't they great they rates? They are great rates. They are great rates. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive. All the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So this one was from a little while ago. So, uh... This realtor, he was at a New Year's Eve party with his company, and a cop pulls pulls him over, and he finds this realtor and his wife coming from this New Year's Eve party. And the cop says to him, he goes, uh, where's your seatbelt? He asked the cop. He says, oh, I just took it off when you were walking up to the car, the realtor said. And, and the wife hollers, no, you didn't. She, he's, you never wear your seatbelt. A little take it back, the cop asked to see his license. He goes, oh, man. He goes, I must have left it out at, on my desk. She goes, yeah, right, she screams. You know it expired three months ago. I lost for a word. The cop asked the woman, are you always so tough on him? She goes, no, but only when he drank too much. (laughs) (coughs) That was great. Mrs. Helpful. Mrs. Helpful. If you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Cyrus from the largest mortgage company in the world, Green Tree Mortgage. And she's here to do what is an escalation clause part two, because you talked about this last week. Yeah, we, we touched on it last week, Mark, um, as far as what is an, an escalation clause and when is the best time to use it. So I want to just finish this up because we I did get a lot of calls about it. So people are definitely interested in it and definitely want to know how to use it. So definitely in this market. Exactly. And don't forget the main components of an escalation addendum includes what's the original purchase price, how much will that price escalate above the competing offer, and what's the maximum purchase price in the event of multiple offers. So a buyer and their realty their realtor They must fully understand what they're doing when adding this escalation clause to the offer. So a lot of times people will consult with a real estate attorney or actually their real estate agent, an experienced one, will be able to answer these questions. Um, But you want to just make sure that both parties fully understand the implications of this binding agreement. So an escalation clause can sometimes cause confusion. And here's an example. So Let's just say your buyer submits an offer for 300000 They could include an escalation clause with their offer that states the amount that they are willing to offer above the other buyers up to the maximum they're willing to spend. So example, let's just say that the escalation clause says that they'll pay $5,000 more than any other buyer up to a total of three fifteen. If there's a three oh five offer, then the buyer will go up to three ten. Right, five thousand dollar increments. But when should an escalation clause be used? So it can be beneficial, especially in the seller's market, if the homes are selling fast, and and you'll want something that can help your offer stand out, especially in the competitive market, and let the so the sellers know that you mean business. 
But keeping in mind, it is not foolproof because it may not make sense for your unique situation. We talked last week about making sure that you can get pre-approved up to that amount. So again, it's wise to talk to your realtor about this option and you want to decide on how much you're generally willing to spend on this home so you don't feel remorse if a bidding war occurs. So some of the pros of having an escalation clause is the buyers have a better peace of mind about their offer because buying the home is stressful enough, you know, let alone putting an offer on a property you really want and then constantly worrying if another buyer has made a stronger offer. The cons on this can be while the escalation clause has their advantages, they also have some drawbacks, which can include the buyers and sellers lose their chances of negotiating once an escalation clause is accepted. Since the clause reveals the maximum amount the buyer is willing to pay, the seller knows that they're highest and best right away. So that eliminates the opportunity to negotiate. The cap may remove the bargaining power for the buyer. Instead, a seller could just reject the the escalation clause and ask for the highest and best offer. And sellers who accept escalation clauses can no longer issue counter offers to other buyers because the buyer might not be putting in their highest offer with an escalation clause. So the sellers may reject it right away. And that's what happens a lot of times. They're going to highest and best and that's their way they're way below what another person's highest and best was because they only went up 15,000 where somebody else might have gone up 25,000. It can also cause issues with appraisals if the offer exceeds the home's the home's value. And lenders are particular about how much they'll lend for the home. So once the appraisal is done, if it doesn't match that 315, they need to come to the table with the difference. So it can cause to lead up to a situation where the price offered um, exceeds the home price as far as what it's appraised at. And a buyer may win the bidding war to discover later that the lender won't give them enough funds to pay for the home. So Again, you have to make sure that you have the difference in cash to be able to purchase homes. So the bottom line, if you're considering an escalation clause, it's wise to consult with your realtor and your lender who can help you understand the intricacies and including a clause with your offer. So working with a realtor who is knowledgeable about these clauses can definitely ensure you successfully buying a home. Um, The escalation clause you know, can have drawbacks and it should be considered when deciding to include one when, with your offer. So a lot of times the realtor will contact a listing agent, have a conversation to find out, you know, are there offers on the table? Are we taking highest and best? But again, you just want to make sure that you're putting in the right offer to win that property. Yeah. I got a couple of things I would add to that. First of all, if I'm in a bidding war and the house is 300 and I'm looking at, before I even write an offer, I, I do comps. Sure. So I look around and if I see there's a 325 or 350 and I talk to my clients about that, and then I talk to you because you're the lender and you tell me my lender could go to 350, I'm going to do a couple things. One, I'm not going to do a separate piece of paper and addendum. I'm going to put it in special clauses in the contract so it's in there. And then... I'm going to talk to my sellers and say, how far do you have my buyers? How far do you want to go? I, I mean, I think this thing will appraise at 335, 340. 
I mean, are you willing to do that? Because an extra 40 grand over 30 years at these rates, we're talking an extra 50, 60 bucks. So are you willing to do that? And if they say yes, I might put in that much money. And then, and secondly, I, I want to make sure that this agent that is the listing agent is aware that I'm approved to go to that point, that my escalation clause is not a separate piece of paper that somebody misses, that it's in special clauses in the agreement of sale. So nothing can get missed here. Plus, I'm going to call them and tell them that I'm in there. Now, the one thing that a lot of people, you made it sound pretty good, but what happens in reality, I'm a listing agent. I just listed one and sold it. I get a bunch of offers. What happens most of the time, there's not a bunch of phone calls back to back and forth to all these agents saying, well, I got a 310, I got a 320. That does not happen. In these markets, what happens is I look at, like I, if I have a lender like you, I got a total pre-approval, I'm good to go, and I we're picking a winner, and that's it. And everybody else is out. There's not that much giving back. We're back and forth. I want to win. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's been times where I've spent half the day on the phone going back and forth with the listing agent. So, you know, that does happen where you're going back and forth and they're and they're trying to come to a price. But we can expand on that. I mean, we definitely went over our time limit allotted for this. So if you have any questions on the escalation clause, feel free to give us a call. My number is 609-605-7153. The key to that is having a great lender and a really good agent. That is true. All right. Because so coming want, up next. You want to win. You want to win. Coming up next is our question and answer segment. All right. So that was pretty good part too. So yep. with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. So what's the first one? The first question is, do I pay a realtor fee for showing me some houses? You can. I mean, there are some buyer agency agreements that uh, you want to, you know, in, in reality, agents are worth a dollar amount per hour. Most buyers and sellers don't think about that. But if you're making 100 grand, you divide 100 grand by 52 by 40, you're worth $48 an hour. So everything costs money. So if you wanted to just hire somebody to go around showing you stuff, yeah, you should pay them if you don't hire them as your agent. But do uh, most agents don't do that, but there are some that do. They'll make them pay an upfront fee, 500 bucks or something. I think they're just nervous because they want them to sign a buyer agency contract. I, I don't do it. But, I mean, uh, yeah, you can. You know, maybe it's something unique that they know it's going to take a lot of time. You know, you're welcome for that white elephant or something different or a commercial piece. And and every time is money. Everybody's got for sure. Your hour is worth something. There's a dollar amount. That's how why you gotta stay in the twenty percent in the eighty twenty rule. So the answer is yes. Can you? Yes. Do you have to? Maybe not. Right. What's the next one? All right. The next question is my parents owned, I wanna sell. What is the first thing I should do? 
So their parents owned and they want to sell. So if this person now owns the house. Yeah, I don't know. With a will and they are the full owners. I don't know. Is this thing probated? And we just had one like this last week too. Yeah, we did have one like this last week. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to tell because their parents owned, if they're the only child and they inherited the house and now they own it. What's the first thing I should do? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they need to, the first thing, if they want to sell, the first thing they should do is contact a realtor that specializes in listings. Let them guide them to see what needs to be done. You know, like you said, who, you know, make sure that the parents own the property, you know, find out if there's any other family members involved. Yeah. Um, has the will been probated? Was there a will? Are they on deed? You know, there's that's a very vague question. Yeah. Could be liens involved. Who knows? Yeah, that one you really need some advice. I I would call a professional, get a realtor, come out, talk to you about your whole situation, so you have a plan. Yeah. What's the next one? All right. Next question is: Can I force a sale? Yeah, we had a question like this similar last week. There was a a buyer, uh, a seller that was selling. And then the uh, no, the seller back was backing out of a sale for no good reason. And a term I was think I couldn't it was blanket on. It's called specific performance. So you sue in court for specific performance because the seller agreed to sell the house, and now they got cold feet at the end, like <laughs> somebody we might know, and. Uh, <laughs> And now all of a sudden they don't want to sell no more and it doesn't end amicably be. So it's like right. it ends up in court and then you're suing for specific performance, which a judge now makes that seller sell that house to you. That can be very messy and it's going to take time because court doesn't happen overnight. Everybody gets continuances and things go on and you want to avoid court at all costs. What's the next one? Next question is, do tastefully placed family pictures help or hinder when showing the house? I don't know. I ha- we know what your answer is. Most of the time, you don't want too many pictures of family because you want to make the buyer feel like it's going to be their house. So if your walls are covered all over and up the stairwells and over the fireplace, like I got a great picture of my wife and Evie over the fireplace. It's like beautiful. But still, somebody else is buying this house. You want them to make it think it's what them imagine what it's going to look like once they move. Well, you know what a good idea, especially with today's technology, you find out who made the appointment, what the name of the of the people are that are coming through to look at the house and put their picture in the in a frame. So that way, when they walk in, it's like it's their house. What do you think of that? Yeah, stalker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number five. I would like to sell just one acre. Can I? Yeah. It's quarter. Like if you own a property, I have a friend. She has a big house up in Montgomery County and uh, she did this. She had so much ground. She subdivided and sold off uh, a couple acres. As long as your township with all their ordinances and codes and, and, and it's agreeable and what that use is going to be for. Yes. I mean, you can sell off a piece of your ground. You're going to have to have uh, uh, people come out and survey and do all that to make sure you are selling what you think you're selling. And 
Remember that one we had over by you where the guy put the pool in and half of the pool was on a neighbor's yep. property? Yep. What a nightmare. That was crazy. <laughs> Plus, it was the end of the pool with the beautiful pool house. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, That's but you can, sell, you, you can subdivide and you just got to be careful with the township with and make sure that the zoning and everything's right for what you're doing. Very good. All right. All right. So there were some great questions. And coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, eight mistakes that real estate investors should avoid. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, the end? So, Mark, we're up to the topic of the day, which is eight mistakes that real estate investors should avoid. Yeah, and these are like basic ones. So, you know, people that are just getting started in real estate investing, I, I get a lot of students at my school that are getting licenses just to be an investor, which is a smart move. If you're a real estate investor, you should get a license because then you know all the rules and you have access to the MOS and and all the commercial sites and everything else. But, you know, you can indeed make a lot of money selling properties, but it takes a little knowledge, determination, skill. Also helps to know some of the classic mistakes that other people make when they start out because, you know, you don't want to lead with your heart. You want to lead with your brain. One of the biggest ones is not having a plan, failing to make a plan. The first thing to do is make a plan. The last thing you want to do is buy a house without knowing how it's going to generate income, what are the gains. There's a lot of hot real estate markets, you know, and it can be hard to resist in a buying frenzy. And even in markets like this, there's always opportunity in real estate. Even though the inventory is low, there's somebody you know in your database somewhere that just wants to unload a house. It's somebody's in somebody's family. So there are always those kind of opportunities. But before you get jump right in because it's such a great deal, you should have some kind of plan. You know, before getting a mortgage or plunking down a bunch of cash, you need to decide, is this a good investment strategy? What type of house are you looking for? For example, what are you looking for? Single family, multifamily. You know what's becoming a lot more popular? Single family rentals. Yeah. A lot of investors are buying them. They uh, want to turn them into Airbnbs. Yeah, vacation rentals, yeah, but the Phillies, Phillies trying to screw that up. Mixed-use commercial or an office building, retail strip, stuff like that, they're, they're constant income as long as you've got tenants. So figure out what your purchase plan is, and then you make sure it fits a plan. Two, skimping on the research. Before buying a car, television set, most people, they compare models. They look at everything. They shop on all different sites. They go in and look at them. Some people come <laughs> real estate buy this stuff and like don't even do that uh, there's a uh, you know there's a lot of research you do you want to make sure especially if you're going to be a, a future landlord or you're going to flip or land develop you should ask a lot of questions not only about the property but about the neighborhoods and it's located in after all what is a good nice home if it's just around the corner from a college frat house or something like that yeah. that has keg parties every night you know you might have a little problem with your tenants so, you know, I always told people too, 
with neighborhood safety, you know, stop by there on a Friday night around eight o'clock, see what's happening. Sure. Because <laughs> the gangsters are usually in bed. You know, <laughs> in oh the morning. my God. And how so do you, you know go there? You, you go there early. If you want to see what's really happening, go there Friday night around nine, 10 o'clock. So is the property near a commercial site, major construction? What are the plans for the city? Especially in Philly. I mean, they could really screw you up. Has the area changed? Like Temple's a good example, how they were doing all that thing by the beds, you know, renting two beds to a room. And that's landlords were doing that. I thought the city for sure was going to shut all them down. And now they are starting to clamp down a little bit. But you got to be careful. Is it in a flood zone, problematic area? You know, does the house have any kind of issues? Do your due diligence. You want to try to avoid some things up front that, you know, what's the reason this thing's being sold to start out with? Uh, you know, how much did it sell for before? So, like, all those, that due diligence grill warfare can keep you out of trouble. Doing, and here's another big, number three is the big mistake, doing everything on your own. Like, you know, dentistry by owner, right. you know. If you're if you're a first-time investor and in doing something, get involved with some professionals, you know, people that are in the business. And there's there's I, I actually coach a company that all their agents are investors. They're not typical realtors. They're experts at this kind of stuff. So you want a real estate investor should tap every possible resource, befriend all the experts you can. They'll help push you away from some of the downfalls, first mistakes. You know, you might need a competent uh, home inspector or a contractor, a good attorney, insurance rep. Those kind of experts are going to give you advice into the flaws of maybe some insight into what's with this property, title-wise and everything else. Four, forgetting real estate is local. You need to learn about the local market to make purchase decisions. You know, if you're buying something in Ohio... You know, how much do you know about that area in Ohio? That means drawing down the land values, home values, inventory, supply, demand issues. You know, you don't, want, you don't want to buy a flip in some area where they're not selling. And then you're stuck with it. Developing a feel for the, all these parameters will help you decide whether it's a good, good to buy or not to buy in this area. Five, overlooking tenants' needs. If you intend to purchase a property that you're going to rent, keep in mind your renters. A lot of your renters are going to be millennials. And they're going to be looking for that millennial stuff, the all the soft Wi-Fi and all that and the granite and the flat screens. You know, we talk about those condos and stuff near the colleges, what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, low crime rates, good schools maybe for people, easy transportation. They're building two right down the street from me in Fox Chase, two big apartment buildings because the train station is like 30 yards away. So it's they're going to have great tenants, and they're probably all going to pay a few grand a month, but they're going to jump on a train and go to work every day very easily. Six, getting poor financing. You know, be careful. You know, use the right lenders. Be careful who you're involved with. Then not some just some broker that tells you, yeah, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Yeah, and when and, it comes and, to that, Mark, you know, if it's too good to be true on the rate yeah. and you know, it usually is. I and mean, we just had a buyer that was buying an investment property. He got a ridiculous rate. He decided to go with them. And then he found out that it was really just a 10-1 arm. The guy never told him. So you really have right. to do your due diligence. If it's too good to be true, sometimes it really is. Yeah. 
And a lot of times they're they're doing this stuff online and they're looking at these unbelievable rates to somebody in California that's probably not going to be uh, around when you need them to be around because of the time difference. Right. You know, uh, so ideally you want to start out with fixed rates if you can do it. Maybe you put some more cash down. You want to avoid, you want to have a plan where a good lender is going to help you work out the details. So this is, it's going to work out in the long run for you. Right. And you want but, to talk to the, to the experts, you know, get, or even partner with somebody, you know, do one or two and get it under your belt so that you know what the ins and outs are of it. Um, I, we just had real quick, I'll tell you, we had a friend of ours purchase one in the Poconos and they have beds for 20 people. They found out that they changed the rule in December. They can only rent to 10 beds. So it screwed up their whole business plan. You got to do your due diligence. No doubt about it. Because something like that could be detrimental. It is. They got to sell it now. It's not what they expected. And overpaying. This is an issue somewhat tied to the point about doing all the research. Searching for the right house can be time-consuming, frustrating, when potential buyers find properties that meet their needs. And once they're actually anxious to have the sellers accept their bid. The problem with being too anxious, they might overbid on some properties. Overbidding on a house can have a waterfall effect of problems. You can end up overextending yourself, taking on too much debt, creating higher payments than you can afford. As a result, it may take years to recoup your investment. So find out whether your dream investment was too high of a price tag, starting by searching with other similar homes. That's why you need help here. Real estate brokers should be able to provide all kinds of information access because they have access to the moral listing service and getting feedback on all that from experts is going to really help you eight understanding the expense underestimating expenses this is one of the biggest mistakes that first-time investors make they figure they go in and they look at everything and they say ah yeah we could do it for this amount of money ends up double or triple and then they're in trouble they can easily and there's a lot of them that i made this mistake and when i my first flip ever it took forever, and when I finally flipped the damn thing, I think I made like four or five grand after about nine months. It was tough. Well, I learned a lot of lessons. I never did that again. But of course, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there. You know, appliances, heaters, roofing, all kinds of stuff. So you know, you want to be really careful that you don't get yourself in a position that you thought it was going to cost maybe twenty grand to fix this joint up, ends up at forty grand, and now your whole budget's out of whack. But anyway, in, in any case, investors should form a, such a list of all the things they need to do, all the short-term financing costs, prepayment penalties, cancellation fees. They need to think about everything about this deal. But in the end, I say do it. Take some chances in life. I mean, if you don't get involved, you know, nothing's going to happen. So, But there are some tips on how to start out. And I also talk to some experts. I, I have a friend that owns a investing real estate school, and the, it's called the Investor School. And yep. they're all licensed. They all have a real estate license, but they're all investors, and they do all different types of investment. And they have a ton of knowledge, so commercial, yeah. And they can help you with. You'd be shocked at some deals. You could buy something pretty expensive if the rent rolls make sense. Yep. Exactly. So Good there's topic, a lots Mark. of opportunity. Lots of opportunity. Great topic. Speaking of topics, coming up next is our segment with Dr. A, and he's going to talk about taking advantage of the employment dip. Welcome, Dr. A. Dr. Abelson, how Hi, are guys. you? Doing great. How are, how are you? So tell us about this dip, because I've seen the tech companies laying people off, but 
What else is happening? Well, uh, right now it's the tech companies laying people off, but it's just a matter of time before uh, there, are, there are other people who are laying people off. But but the issue is right now organizations have, have an opportunity to maximize this as an opportunity with all these people getting laid off. Uh, they can go back into the marketplace and they can scoop up some of these people because typically what happens, even with the technology people, companies, they let the last the last one in is usually the first one to get fired. All right. right. So what happens with that is some of them might be excellent people and they're just pretty frustrated right now, you know, and they're willing to take something that they may not have will- been willing to take six months ago because, you know, because number one, they're looking for a job. They figured they're going to have these high incomes that was going to help them pay for their mortgage uh, or, or other expenses. Maybe they went and bought a new car, you know, things of that nature. So it's a great opportunity for businesses that are looking for people in the technology area to, you know, to, to scoop some of these people up and not have to pay the huge prices that Google was paying and that, that and that some, a lot of these other companies are paying like Amazon, right? Interestingly enough, Apple is nearly, Apple is one of the few ones that isn't laying off people because they weren't on the crush to, to just grab as many people as you possibly could, like Google and, and Amazon and, and, and some of the other techs. Right. And then Twitter, it seems like he, uh, Musk went in there and like really took a look at how many people do I really he fired half the half staff, the staff yeah, exactly. and cut that company in half and right and then I, half I of those noticed. who were there left because they don't want yeah. to be sticking around and I don't I, and I don't really notice any change in like how Twitter works <laughs> so I don't know what those people were doing well Twitter actually it, headquarters is only around twenty miles from where I am. Which is right. kind of interesting because they moved their headquarters to uh, to south of Austin, but but anyhow, no, you're you're right. So it, so it is a fantastic opportunity, uh, but don't jump too fast. What people still need to do is they still need to use if they're using assessments or if they're using something else to to figure out if it's the right fit or not. Because even though they're very bright and they're looking for a job, it might not be the right fit for you. So make sure with having a quote unquote abundance or more people available to, to choose from that, that you take advantage of that and, 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 and do an assessment and do an effective hiring. Just don't, just don't look at, use the mirror test, which is you put a mirror under their nose and if it fogs up, you hire them. A lot of people still do that. Right. No the other thing to think about is even if they're still employed and you want them, there's going to be a little concern that they might not, they may be next on the hook to get fired. Okay. Right. So that's also an opportunity to grab other high quality people because they don't want to stick around and not have a job. And it's better psychologically for them if they get out early than if they get out and they get fired. Yeah. So people want to do an assessment. Bottom line is you're looking, you're looking for talent. Yes. So if, if you want to see if you got talent or not, or if it's the right behavior and the right motives and the right style, use our assessment. And I'm still offering, this is the last week I'm doing this, a free disc and motives assessment. Just contact us at succeed at Abelson, A B E L S O N dot net. And we will give you a free assessment. No strings Very attached. Good. Very good. Awesome, Dr. A. Thank you so much. All right, cool. Always great information. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609 609- 
605-715-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and our sponsors for keeping us on the air and Frank for producing our show. He always makes it sound great. And you can listen to this show every week here at 1 o'clock on Saturdays on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And I think this week we are on in the morning. So once in a while because of football. But anyway, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. Go Eagles. That's right. Go Eagles. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive. All, all the time. time. All the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of the past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre recorded.